Before we begin, we wanted to give you a heads up that this episode contains mature content. So guard the ears of your little ones. This episode of Homeschooling in Real Life is brought to you by K12.com and our good friends over at Caroline's Coffee. This is Homeschooling in Real Life. Welcome to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. Join your hosts as they dive into difficult topics that you might not find covered at your local homeschooling convention. Veteran homeschooling parents Andy and Kendra Fletcher use humor, honesty, and grace to discuss just what it looks like to homeschool in real life. Kendra, are you ready for episode 115? Yes, Fletch. <laughs> well, we don't even have to do our introductions now. We've introduced <laughs> each other. Uh, this is episode 115, Sex Ed for Parents, Part 1. Okay, what does that mean? Well, <laughs> well, we're, we're going to I'm thinking educate. if you got to the parent part, you've had the sex. Yeah, so... Well, mostly. We are... <laughs> you mean mostly? Well, what does that mean? people adopt. They could oh, be okay. sexless. Okay, and... okay, yeah, all right. <laughs> okay. That's very confused. Yeah, we are talking about, we're answering an, an email, and it'll make sense in just a few minutes when we introduce the show, uh, but just go with us. And we, we felt we needed to do this in two parts. We had a really good conversation with Barrett and Jennifer Johnson. Mm-hmm. They're going to be joining us in the studio, but we have a second part coming up where we have another special guest. We'll talk about that more later. So what is going on in our house? I, I have something. Okay. A, Kendra doesn't know what she wants to talk about because her mind is ready to pop. I'm fluffless. Because we've started school this week. So she's tapped out on school uh, and what to do and like, what are you doing next? Hey, but that's not what just are you doing next? It right now at the yeah, moment? What's the next thing? I, I, I don't know. See, that's how you're living your life. It's just the next <laughs> thing. Like I'm breathing now. Currently printing out Mystery of History pages. And you have uh, a cake in the oven and you're going out knitting with a girlfriend tonight. That just sounds lame. That doesn't sound lame. That's what you need to do at the end of the first week of school. I'm totally lame. Okay, but it's not just the school, Fletch. We've got a wedding. Wedding? Next week. We have a family member. Our son. It's not our, like, oh, yes. we're just going to a wedding. I'm no, no, no. It would actually it. be. Uh, yeah, and I'm officiating. So child. I feel like there's more. Like, I've put that off. I think I I'm going to really consider what I'm going to say. We haven't really talked about that. No. This is a very small, intimate, quiet little ceremony. Yeah, our son's a videographer, and mm-hmm. he came to us and said, all that matters is the vows. Yeah. I've seen so much junk in weddings, you know, <laughs> just stupid traditions, things that don't mean anything. To him. To Some him. Some people think they're meaningful. He's a, he's a minimalist. Him. He just wants the basics. Yeah. I want to say my vows, say why I want to marry her, tell her that I love her, and she can do the same. And she's very happy to revert to, yeah, to do that yeah. too. But, but here's an example. He is actually filming three events this weekend. So two of them are weddings, and one is a graffiti yeah, thing. we're going down to that. Our church does a graffiti event every year. I think we actually talked about it last year on the air, but we have a, a graffiti artist in our church. Now, let me give you his caliber. He's not just spray painting trains <laughs> right. in downtown Modesto. He's doing a lot of building art in Modesto. So we're one of those towns that have just had a real sucky past oh. in the last 20 years. Well, we could put it out there. Like if people <clears throat> remember the Lacey Peterson case that they were our neighbors. Yes. So, <laughs> Chandra Levy. Yeah, and so I mean, not just that. Just, just stuff like that. Methamphetamine usage mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. um, economic depression. We're an hour and a half from San Francisco, which mm-hmm. is like the most expensive city to live in in America, and people are moving out here and gobbling up homes, and it's just 
put it into an economic downspin. So yeah, and we have an that, urban church. Our church our is church downtown, downtown squarely in the middle of the homeless population and yeah. um, sort of a crossroads of um, the Hispanic community, yeah. a black community, the white. Yeah, I just kind of everybody. So there, we so. have a, an artist in our church, and again, his caliber. He was invited by um, Facebook to come do a mural on the side of Facebook. Now, awesome. Facebook headquarters over in the Bay Area. So he's a really good artist, mm-hmm. and and so he has taken it upon himself to do these gospel graffiti battles. Yeah, and we have uh, <laughs> we have cool. DJs down spinning albums. I mean. I know you may not be into this, Kenj, but no, like good, not my thing. Really good DJ spinning hip hop music. Yeah, and I can means, ap- so appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, something to the culture, right? right? But before this fluff gets out of control and people mm-hmm. say you're talking too much, yeah. Um, thank you to our Patreon supporters for supporting us and, and the financial ways that you support us. I bought the Circle uh, Wireless uh, Reinvent the Internet. Yeah. Uh, router edition. So this is a Disney thing, and I and you, you know, maybe we sound like an ad, but this is not an ad. No, we we no. purchased this on our own. Disney did didn't give us a dime to do no. what we're doing or but say I am it or write use a it or anything. On it, a long yeah. a longer review, but because let me tell you're impressed. You, I love this thing. I love this thing. Uh, you can filter individuals in the house. You can filter uh, equipment in the house. So. You know, we, we have like a, a family computer that's not assigned to anyone. It just has yeah. a general filter on it. But when I get, when I look at my Circle app and I see on there Kendra's iPhone, I can assign that iPhone to you only and I can filter it to you only. So you're filtered as an adult, which means you have control of your own device. What? You're the mom. <laughs> right. But, you know, for our 14 year old uh, daughter that's, mm-hmm. you know, can kind of get out of control watching Netflix and things. She has a time limit. She has a, a bedtime where the, the internet kills on her devices. Oh, so you're actually talking about the 12-year-old? And the, oh, sorry, the reason, No, no, 14. no. The reason I'm bringing that up is because she's, I think she's in like season five of Cheers. And so you know if your 12-year-old is addicted <laughs> to a 1980s yeah, she's watching Boston barroom show. <laughs> but we did give them a, 19, too much. <laughs> a 1970s summer, which said you could do a lot of this. Yes, so we're, we did. We're but now tightening school up. is starting and it's time to limit so that. So I will yeah. do a review on the circle. That's coming up. Secondly, I have a couple things out of the news. Uh, there mm. was an, I, I always search the news for homeschooling stuff. Okay. So I don't know her name. Can you help me with it? It's Simone Biles? Bales? B- yeah, Biles. Biles. Mm-hmm. She's the Olympian. This is current events. Right. Homeschooler. Considered to be the most, the best gymnast in the world. Yeah. Yeah. She's a homeschooler. Yes. She chose homeschooling to focus on her gymnastics. Which is common for athletes, child athletes and actors and um, kids who are working or having to work on something full time. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's always good for the homeschooling community when we've got some. Like a hero. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Secondly, uh, the Bahamas. Yes. The Minister of Education yes. is like fully affirming homeschooling. So yes. I Let's think go that the, means we, we have, need to move to yeah. the Bahamas. That's what I'm saying. Yes. This, oh, yeah. Man, there you go. It's a sign from it's, God. But yeah, we absolutely. have a homeschooler Let's from go. the Bahamas, don't we? Um, she actually moved back oh, to okay. uh, Florida. But yeah, they did homeschool in the Bahamas for a while. And they okay. Loved it. I yeah. remember like she would always mm-hmm. email in and stuff. Yep. So that is my fluff for the I don't think I have anything else. If you're watching the Olympics, Michael Phelps is amazing. Uh, just that goes without saying. Yeah. Fifth Olympics. That mm-hmm. uh, that alone is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to head into this episode uh, right now. K twelve believes every child is uniquely brilliant. So to prepare them for college and success beyond high school, they deserve an education designed for them. 
Learn more at k12.com slash listen for more information about enrolling. You know, a child's brilliance comes in many forms. Some are curious. We got one of those. Others are inventive. We've got one of those. And others are analytical. We even have one of those. You know, with eight kids, we have one of everything, probably. So here's the part I love. K-12 is a full-time, tuition-free, online option to traditional public school. Taught by state-certified teachers, schools powered by K-12 provide an individualized education, enhancing your child's ability to succeed. K-12 programs teach to and embrace your child's unique brilliance. Students from K-12-powered schools go on to fine colleges and universities, enhancing their ability to succeed. Are you interested in becoming part of the community of families who have succeeded with a tuition-free online K-12 education? K-12 welcomes students for grades K through 12. Visit k12.com slash listen or call 855-628-9529 for more information about enrolling. That's k12.com slash listen or call 855-628-9529. So that afternoon in the locker room, I started answering some of the boys' questions. Let's see, where was I? Oh, yes. Well, each of us is different from the day we're born. No two people are exactly alike. Some of those differences are inherited from our parents. Then at puberty, certain glands begin to work, and our bodies begin to change. But where are all these glands? Yeah. And what's puberty? Well, puberty... Well... Puberty's a lot of things. Mainly, though, it's a time of change. All right, Kendra, so you, at the top of the show, you asked me why should we do an episode on sex ed for parents. Mm -hmm. Good question. This is homeschooling in real life. Do we really need to talk about sex and parents? Apparently we do. Apparently we do. We had a good letter come in from a listener named Jenny. She didn't give us any information or the ability to write back to her. So, Jenny, if you're listening, we finally are getting to your topic. It's been a couple months. Uh, She asks these questions. She, She says... Uh, she heard about us at uh, Teach Them Diligently, uh, and they just love listening to our show, all that, all those accolades, and those are great. Um, but here's what she said. Similar story here. We parented and schooled out of fear. Yes, we are those homeschool whack jobs. We painfully left our family-integrated church cult, so your podcast is perfect for us. We just finished up episode 21 about talking to your kids about sex. We didn't. Our daughter got pregnant. We were ostracized, and we woke up to the legalism we preached. Keep talking about these tough topics. It is needed. You always ask for show ideas. Can I make a suggestion for a show that you haven't touched on yet? You talk about talking to your kids about sex, but what about parents? I know it's not homeschooling, but it's needed among homeschool parents. I think you are the two who could talk about it out loud. Since our daughter got pregnant and had a baby, we realized that we've never really heard healthy discussions about sex. The church is silent, but we have found that God's word is not silent on this topic. We've really wanted to know what a healthy sex life looks like. Homeschool parents are horrible at real conversations, and this is one that is badly needed. In the old crowd, sex was only for procreation and better with the lights off and the clothes on. All right, maybe it's not that bad. (laughs) Now, I have tried to bring this up with other moms, but I have been made to feel dirty just by asking questions from my friends. She goes on to recommend that we interview a woman by the name of Sheila Gregoire, 
um, from a website called To Love, Honor, and Vacuum. And so we'd actually reached out to her, uh, but what we decided to do was also reach out to Barrett and Jennifer Johnson because, you know what, we're comfortable with them, and they're comfortable with us on this topic, and so that's why we're doing this topic. Do you think it's needed, Kench? Well, obviously it is needed, and I think there is a, there's a lot packed into that paragraph. There is, and that's why I think this is a two-part episode. You know, we started down one path with mm-hmm. um, Barrett and Jennifer, and then we'll go to the other one. But there is a lot. There, you know, there's the we don't we didn't know what to say. There's the whole procreation thing. I mean, there's so right. much. You're right. There's right. so much. And to this day, Fletch, because we have a big family, I often get young couples say, "How did you get to the decision about when to stop having children, or how did you make the decision to have so many children, or you know, yeah. did you use birth control, or just all of those kind of questions?" Um, I think sometimes we're more comfortable talking to somebody who isn't mom and dad, or isn't uh, yeah, maybe right. in our our little circle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't. It's, there's, and then there's some embarrassment in these questions too. Mm-hmm. That's that's the big thing we talk about with Barrett and Jennifer, and we'll, we'll get into that interview. But so, Ken, you and I have always been willing to kind of bear our own lives in front of our audience. Um, is this an example even for us? I mean, I think we did a lot of the things that they did. We just didn't end up with a child who was pregnant. Yeah. I mean, right. we didn't hit that part. Right. But I don't know that the issues were any less apparent or are any less apparent in the hearts of our kids. That and in ourselves, like, did we really have the tools to talk through these top? I don't sure. think we did initially, yeah. mm-hmm. but it did take some big things in our lives for us to finally just say, you know what, let's strip this all down. Let's get back to the basics. Mm-hmm. And you know what brought freedom in this area of communicating through uh, sex or sex life or discussions was the gospel once again. Yeah. You know why? Because we began to realize that um, we didn't need to find our hope and our security and our worth and our value in how we responded sexually to one another. Mm-hmm. So um, from the man's perspective, I can tell you the homeschool dad that feels like his wife is just buried suddenly doesn't have to mope or pout because she's buried. Right. You know, that's not where I find my hope and security. Mm. You know, I always find it in Christ, but at the same time I can now learn to vocalize frustration Mm -hmm. with you easier. And that's a real thing. We've talked about how homeschooling affects a marriage and that's a real aspect of homeschooling for parents, uh, especially a mom who continues to have children as we did and other uh, large families do. You know, it's, there's the whole physical component, man. I don't want one more person touching me at the end of the day. And so you, you know, we, we unfortunately didn't always talk that through and it just did damage. Yeah. And so not just from my perspective, but from your perspective, sure. like, I don't know how to tell him with Without crushing. crushing him. Yeah. yeah. So very real topics, very good topic. And I want to thank our listener, Jenny, for just, well, being semi-bold. <laughs> she gave us her name without an email. Um, she And she you might go, have just girl. forgotten it. But um, <laughs> we want to reach out to her, and hopefully she's listening. And you know what? There's probably other Jennies out there, and there's probably other Johnnies out there listening that just said, oh, man, this is the topic I need asked Absolutely. for our family. So we're willing to have it. You want to head over to that interview with uh, Barrett and Jennifer, and then we can come back? Let's do it. Well, we are in the studio again with two of our favorite people, um, Barrett and Jennifer Johnson, talking about uh, a topic that is tricky to talk about for homeschoolers. Kenj, we're talking about sex. That is tricky, but we are not just talking about kids and sex. No, this time we're talking about... We're actually responding to an email, and I'm not going to read the whole thing because it was so long, but uh, I want to welcome Barrett and Jennifer back to Homeschooling in Real Life. Thank you. Love being with you guys. 
All right. So we've talked about how to talk to your kids about sex. We've talked about, you know, when your kid stumbles into pornography. Uh, we've talked about just every topic. But this time around, we are responding to a listener by the name of Jenny. Excuse me. <clears throat> Uh, we're, we're responding to a listener by the name of Jenny. She didn't give us her last name, and she didn't give us an email, but she sent, and I know you guys have read it, a very heartfelt email about um, not being the family that talked to their kids about sex. Mm-hmm. They had a daughter that ended up pregnant. Then they just got ostracized from their community, which was largely homeschool folks. Uh, and the way she said it was this. We were ostracized, and we woke up to the legalism that we preached. Mm. Um, and so what she's saying is, w- you've taught us how to talk to our kids about sex, but we don't know how to talk about sex as a couple. And, you know, this we're kind of moving beyond homeschooling, Kenj, but are we really? I mean, this is a great topic for homeschool families that are just so tongue-tied, fearful, um, they just think it's dirty. You know, we, we yeah. want to talk about sex with the lights off. Well, and I think the point is, if you can't articulate it together as a couple, how do you do that with your kids? Yeah. So Barrett and Jennifer, jump in here. Is, is this something we need to be talking about out loud? Well, it's funny. We do a lot of seminars for parents on helping your kids navigate their sexuality, educating your kids, that kind of stuff. We love doing that. But we always kind of put up a list at the front end and we say, here, what are your excuses for not engaging with your kids about these talks? And we talk about, you know, maybe your parents didn't model it for you or you feel like a hypocrite because there's, there's brokenness in your own story in your past or, or uh, you know, you don't have the words to say or technology scares you. But the last thing on our list is always this. Your, your excuse to not talking with your kids about sex is that your current sex life is a mess. Mm. That, that as a mom and a dad, you, you're not experiencing joy and peace and satisfaction in this area of your life and your marriage. And so you, you have a hard time communicating to your kids the joy and awesome and wonder of this. Um, mm-hmm. Folks get uncomfortable, <laughs> but they get uncomfortable because they think they know it's true. Yeah. Uh, I think we're, we're living in an era of, of the sexless marriage where couples just seem to exist and are unwilling to talk about or engage with, with honest, open conversations about, are we doing this well? Is it mutually satisfying? Are we experiencing all the God men first experience? Or are we not? And if we're not, what are we going to do about it? And, and I think many couples need to have that conversation, but, but they are, are not. So where do we start then with these couples? Maybe even the one that's the, this, this woman who wrote in said, um, I want to talk about this, but when I bring it up, my friends think I'm, you know, dirty or filthy or something, or I, I we shouldn't be talking about this. We just don't get that. Yeah. Um, I have been raised in the church my whole entire life. And then, of course, married a minister. Um, When we were in college, we've been married for almost 26 years. I had never had anyone give me the biblical perspective of sex and say, "Um, this is what God designed. These were his thoughts. And I remember taking a bunch of preschool moms that I was discipling in Dallas-Fort Worth to Intimate Issues which still to this day is one of my favorite books that goes back to the elementary design that God put into sex. Wait, pause. You mean God invented sex for our good? It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't Prince's idea? It wasn't Elvis or Beyonce? And see, even as, even as a church girl and a minister's wife, I, I, I really didn't think of it that much. I mean, I knew God gave it to us to have babies. But other than that, I had never heard anybody lay it all out biblically. And Intimate Issues by Lorraine... Uh, Dillo and Linda Dillo oh, and 
Linda Dillow and Lorraine Pintus are the authors of Intimate Issues, and the conference is extraordinary. So we define it. Yeah, we, we redefine it. We've okay. got to define it for what God meant it to be, but also recognize this. Is that we teach this in our, in our workshops. We think that the, the very things that, that show off God's glory, his wonder, his love, his creative ability, his, his watch care over us and humanity, those are the very things that the enemy of God allocates resources to to screw up in the lives of believers. Mm. The, the things that make show off God's goodness and glory the most are the things that Satan, our enemy, allocates energy and resources to to mess up. And nothing fits, fits that bill better than the issue of human sexuality. This thing that God meant for our good, to connect a husband and wife, to give us joy and satisfaction and a bond that is the best picture we have of the intimacy we have with God. Those are the things that are the, that sexuality is the source of some of our most significant brokenness and hurt and pain and regret in our lives, even in marriage. And so we've got to realize God designed it. We've got to talk about it, discover how we align our lives with God's design. So let me ask you this question then in a real practical sense. Your, your people that are listening to you or our homeschooling in real life audience, um, is it okay to say I'm dissatisfied or is that just going to kill my marriage? Yes, definitely. And I love that you guys are taking on this subject because a husband or a wife listening to your podcast can use the podcast as the vehicle to have a hard conversation um, that's why we love reading books, because we can make the book the bad guy to bring up the topics that we don't necessarily on our own want to come, you know, come to the table with. But you, people can listen to this podcast and say, you know, I really had a check in my spirit about this. And I feel like we need to start over again. Like we are not doing well and we need to go all the way back to the basics. And honestly, Barrett and I have discipled newlyweds for years and years, and there is a book that we um, use as a resource for our newlyweds getting married, especially the ones who have not had sex yet. And we love this book. It's, it's again, for newlyweds, but couples in their 40s can read it and, and learn a whole lot of great stuff, even just about basic you know, plumbing. Um, it's called Celebration of Sex for Newlyweds. There's a Celebration of Sex book. It's by, by a guy named Doug Rose now. Um, here in Atlanta, and it's just an amazing book. There's the Tim LaHaye book that's 25 years old. I get kind of icky reading that book, honestly. It's too big. The, 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 <laughs> the Celebration of by Rose Now is great. Um, but but you've got to start talking. And to your point, it's okay, yes, to say, to hey, we're, we're, not, we're not maybe firing off cylinders in this area. When you're going to bring something up to your spouse, it's an unwise partner who says, you know what, this is crummy. Here's where you're the problem. You're, you're broken. You're not meeting my needs. If you come out big guns accusing your spouse of, of, a, of a flaw or a, or a hurt or an offense, it's probably going to result in defensiveness on that spouse and you're going to go nowhere. Mm-hmm. How about just a helpful conversation? You know what? I feel like we're not firing off cylinders in this area. As a spouse, I'm, I'm sensing that. What, what might I be able to do? to get us pointing in the right direction. What what can I do to make this maybe better for us? I want to take ownership of my part of it. And that way you're kind of putting them back on yourself and you're committed to working on it, but but it's not a, you're the problem, you know, let's figure this out. It's it's we're the problem. Let's let's work together on this. What can I do? Well, I'm I'm thinking back to what you said, Fletch, was which was, you know, what if a spouse thinks this is a threatening question? Because I know in our own communication of intimacy for both of us, oftentimes we have to couch words like I, I'm not meaning to put you down or I'm not, (laughs) you know, I, this, or this harkens back to early days in our marriage where we were really bad at this, you know, and there's just this baggage that we bring with us. And I would think too, for people who are bringing in uh, sexual past, you know, there's baggage or, so how, how do you, like, what you, would you say would be the first step to get over that hurdle? 
maybe that guy's not a book reader. Maybe he's not going to listen to this podcast or maybe she won't, you know, pick up that book or listen to this podcast. What do you advise a couple to, to just gently and graciously hit this subject? Let me make this invitation. We, we have kind of in our, in our teaching repertoire, we have a, a talk we give called, um, sex and marriage, uh, moving from not tonight to we can't wait. Because many times not tonight is, is our response. We're too tired, we're too weary, we can't get motivated. How, how do we change our hearts and our minds and our affections towards, hey, this is something important to us and we really look forward to this. Um, let's, let's start moving on. Reason. So we have a talk that we give. It's about an hour long and a shameless pitch. A couple could go to our website, spend three bucks to download a MP3 of that talk and um, listen to it together and say, let's just listen to this together and let's talk about it. Because what we've heard more and more as we teach this, and again, Barrett and Jennifer, five years ago, if you went told us, say, hey, five years from now, you're going to be on a podcast and giving talks at marriage conferences all about sex and marriage, we would have just punched you in the face. thinking, that's- <laughs> Oh, my gosh. No one is for this job. But we feel like God's called us to deal with these issues that we need to talk about. And when we do give that talk in a public setting, in a marriage conference, people lap it up. They just devour it with this refreshing sense of, I'm so glad somebody finally is talking out loud about this subject. I'm fine. Someone's talking about the struggles we're struggling with and giving us some creative solutions to start moving in the right direction. They're just It's refreshing for people to say that because we don't talk about our churches. We don't talk about it in a comfortable environment. This mm. your, your, your listener who wrote a letter saying, I bring it up to my friends and my friends are like, la, 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 la. No, we're not going to have this conversation. That is just wrong for something that God says for our good, for something that we're all doing, or at least we should be doing, <laughs> to say it's somehow taboo that we can't talk about it is just wrong yeah i picture a homeschool couple sitting in a car right now driving somewhere and there's just like this frigid air conditioner on right now because <laughs> they're like oh my goodness i can't believe fletch and kendra brought this up but right, one of them go. is one of them is saying i'm so glad fletch and kendra brought this up. <laughs> yeah, of course so so here's the here's the the job for for one or both spouses to ask in that moment and it's maybe maybe the bold mature one maybe it's the gutsy one who knows here's the question to ask you know what? Maybe maybe we're not experiencing this. John ten ten. I gave you come to give you life and give you abundant life. Jesus says we, we've got a pretty abundant life. We're, we've got a good life. Our kids are okay. We're doing okay. But would I characterize our sex life as abundant? Maybe we're not. So, honey, this is a question a spouse could ask their spouse. How am I doing in this area? How how am I doing at loving you or creating an environment? for intimacy and affection? How am I doing at meeting your needs outside the bedroom? You know, what, what are some of the balance, some of the uh, obstacles for us to experience what we need experience here? Because maybe it hasn't been what we thought it was or wasn't maybe what we had when we were younger, or maybe it's never been because it's always in the dark and it's, it's somehow this hidden taboo thing. How, how am I doing? What can I do better? The volunteering of yourself there. Could you yeah. also say, you know, at that point you need to be at a point where, um, you can be willing to accept what they're saying. You know, hey, sure. I'm, I'm coming to you almost naked and exposed, and I yep. need some feedback. You know, it's the proverbial, can you give me a one to ten? How we doing? <laughs> you know. I think what breaks down the walls of defensiveness, though, on this topic when you're having this discussion is what Barrett's saying is, what can I do? 
instead of saying, you have never done this, you've never learned that, we need, you know, and instead you just broach it from, I want to help with this, I want to do something different, what? And, and that takes down the defensiveness. And it means probably a guy being willing to hear from his wife, you know what, I'm exhausted, I'm juggling homeschooling four kids and da -da -da, all this stuff, um, and I need your help. And it may be a guy's got to do the heavy lifting of coming alongside his wife, serving her, helping carry the load she's got. So she has even a chance of some bandwidth in her heart and her mind to want to go in that box, if you will. Um, and maybe it's a woman realizing, and, and the roles can always be reversed too, but stereotypically it's a woman realizing this is an important need to a man. And one way you, you connect with a man's heart, the key way you connect with a man's heart is through sexual intimacy. It's the way he connects emotionally with his wife. It's not this thing you do. It's not this side thing. It is the primary way that a man emotionally connects with his wife. They're, they're, they're saying is the keto man's heart is his stomach. They're actually about eight inches too high. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And I think about it, you know, what you said is a real accurate thing. Cause we've talked in the podcast on the past about saying, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I have one thing on my mind. And at the end of the day, Kendra has something completely different on her mind. Hers is, <laughs> I don't want anybody touching me. And mine is, all I want to do is touch you. Yeah. You know, it's, yes. and, and, yeah. but we know exactly. we've been, we've been at least free to have that conversation to mm. say, yeah. Hey, I really need to touch you. And she's like, I really just don't need to be touched. Matter of fact, I've, yeah. and if, in I'll those, touch you. In, yeah, but in those, <laughs> Wow, that's, but then I'm that good. is where the podcast <laughs> took a right turn. Well, we're being honest. Well, I mean, I can understand that need, but I don't always have that yeah. need. So let's wrap up the podcast right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think, like, especially with homeschooling families, you're dealing with families who have a bunch of little kids, and a lot of times, mom is literally and physically have children attached to them, yeah. uh, nursing or feeding, <laughs> and the last thing she needs is you know. Yeah dad's grubby hands all over her two things made the shift for me understanding that God, barrett wasn't just chasing me around because he wanted to do something with me i had i came to the understanding that he's chasing me around because he wants to emotionally connect with me mm. and that that changed it for me and then the other thing that changed it for me is teaching barrett what i needed before we went to bed at night that could help me shift gears. So Barrett, as tired as he was, he was a youth minister and hanging out with teenagers and going to football games and basketball games and out late, but he would come home in time to bathe the kids, put their pajamas on and put them to bed. And that gave me a window of time to go take a bath or go watch a TV show in my bedroom with the door shut or do something to help me move from the box of being the school teacher, the house cleaner, the dinner cooker, the whatever, <laughs> to maybe I could actually turn my heart towards my husband and, 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 and engage with him tonight, whether it's sex or even just talking, you know. But Barrett and I had to, had to talk it out and we had to figure out what best helps me get there and he is willing to do it no matter what it was. All right, hurlers. I know some of you have been on the fence about whether you should head on over to patreon.com to support our show financially. I'm going to give you a baby step there. I want you to head over to carolinescoffee.com and buy yourself a pound of coffee. Use our code HIRL. You'll get 10% off. Hey, you know, for that fact, you can buy tea. You can buy anything you want from carolinescoffee.com, but I really need you to do it. I need you to let our sponsors know that we're serious about advertising for them and that our listeners will actually go over and 
do business with our sponsors. Could you please do that for me? Thanks so much. Carolinescoffee.com, code H-I-R-L. All right, so we let's let's just pretend now we have this family listening to us, and they say, "All right, we've we've heard Fletch and Kendra we're on the podcast. We've tried to have this conversation. We've gone over. We've downloaded uh, Barrett and Jennifer's um, MP3 on this topic, but we are just stuck. We cannot. We need some outside help. Yeah. Um, at this point, um, you know, are you suggesting? And you can't find friends to talk about." Um, yeah. What do you do when the church is unwilling to talk about it and you just need some help? What's the next step? I think it's, it's, there's two different kinds of help you might need. One one part is is just relationally, if you're going to say, maybe there's a counselor you need to see, someone to coach you through, hearing each other, guiding you. And there's folks who are sex therapists that can help with that. And there's nothing wrong with going to a marriage counselor. Sometimes we need a coach to get us unstuck. There is nothing wrong with going to a sex therapist. Now, you're probably not going to post that on Facebook, so it's okay to keep that quiet, but, 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 but reject the temptation to have shame that we need someone to coach us through this. That's okay. So that's kind of the relational, emotional, figuring this out kind of thing. There are other folks we've coached along the lines, along the way, though, um, and, and again, when you start teaching this from the stage, you start hearing all kinds of problems and issues, but we've heard enough that we know this is out there. There are some folks who, who literally have physical problems that make it hard for them um, to either become aroused or make it hard for them to enjoy. It's painful, all those different things. If that's the case, there, there may be a place to go see a physician, someone who specializes in uh, areas of comfort or, or, or enjoyment of sexuality. And so maybe just talking to your primary care physician and saying, hey, here's something I struggle with. I want to enjoy this, but I do not physically. It hurts. It's, it's, not, it's not appealing to me. Whatever it might be, who do I go to? And your physician might be able to recommend someone who could help with the physical parts of it to, to help you manage that better. I definitely believe in this component, and we have been serving uh, in family ministry at an 8,000-member church in the South here, and every time a woman comes to me and is about 40-something, 45 or so, and honestly is about to walk out on her whole family and her husband. She's so miserable. The first thing I ask her is, how are you feeling? And I think that that the physical component we don't, naturally run to and look at, but there is a lot going on in a premenopausal woman. There's a lot going on in a hormonal pregnant young mom and all that kind of stuff. And it really does need to be talked over with your doctor. And I have also um, found bioidentical hormone replacement um, is really, really key. And I've had, I've spoken, um, platforms spoken to hundreds and hundreds of women and had many come to me and say, Hey, I'm so glad you mentioned that. Cause that really does work. And it is a blood test to tell you where your testosterone, progesterone, and estrogen stands. And if there's a deficiency or too much of something, they are able to help you tweak that. And it makes a huge difference. When I don't have any testosterone, this is a huge key component, and I need testosterone. Yeah, I think that's really practical and very real because I am 46. (laughs) So I understand, you know, boy, all those hormonal changes. And I think sometimes we are sucker punched as women because we don't not paying attention to that or, or the nursing mommy or the mommy that's up all night long or, you know, we don't control forever. And then there's a change in the birth control method or use or something. Yeah, absolutely. And I know the same for, for guys too, can be on some sort of medication or something else is going on, you know? Well, you know, Barrett and Jennifer, 
th- has this been painful for the four of us to talk about? Has it has it been embarrassing it's and hard? hard? I mean, it's, you, been, it's yeah, weird that you two are sitting on your bed having the Skype conversation with us. I, I will say that that's a little odd. Sorry, we're thank you. We're not in our pajamas. <laughs> we're we're sitting in the homeschooling in real life studio. Um, you know, my point is that we're having a normal adult conversation. It's not odd. It's not weird. Um, we're we're you know having this conversation out loud, and I think more than anything, that's what's come up over and over. Um, for our listener that wrote in and for all of our listeners that are kind of tagging along, like it's okay to have the conversation people. Um, this is one of those things. I mean, in our marriage forever, I didn't want to talk about finances until we finally started talking about them. And I realized, wait, this isn't a scary thing anymore. I had thought it was going to be a real scary thing. I think that's what we're telling our listeners. Like, it's okay. Just dive in. Yeah. Run uh, into or, that burning or, building. Yeah. That's it. Run into the burning building and have the tough conversation. Um, now, let, me, let me give you one word of the wisdom, though. If you're going to even – the four of us talking together about this, um, if you have trusted friends that you can find, that you can mm-hmm. talk about your intimacy in marriage and, and getting it where it needs to be, there are those friends in your life, and you maybe find them. I think some ground rules for that, though, because we have some good friends that we have no problem having discussions with whatsoever. But there's some, some kind of clear ground rules. You don't ever throw your spouse under the bus. Mm-hmm. You don't ever criticize them in front of somebody else. You, you mm-hmm. get very, very careful – Say, here's what we're struggling with, but, but be delicate with your spouse's feelings and emotions when you do that. Because there, there, there may be a place for that with friends. So uh, before we let you go, do you guys have any more uh, thoughts or ideas for us? Hey, there's one more best practice that comes to mind. It's been a part of Jennifer and Barrett's uh, marriage discipline forever. And it's probably the favorite thing in our marriages. We, we have five kids, a busy life. We're focused on work and schedule and kids and all the things that we do in this world to keep things managed. But one thing we have made a discipline of doing is probably once a quarter at the very least, we get a babysitter or our kids are old enough to stay by themselves now, and we check out for 24 hours. We, we get on Priceline and find a cheap hotel downtown, and we leave at noon, and we don't come back until noon the next day. And we sit by the pool, and we drink you know, uh, Diet Coke, and we go eat pizza, and we uh, basically check out from the world. And to make a joke, we, we have hotel sex, which is different from normal <laughs> sex in a house full of kids. Um, not to get too explicit here, but we just kind of – the purpose of that for us every quarter or so – is to remind ourselves why we fell in love in the first place. Let's remind ourselves and recapture what we were and who we are apart from the busyness of life and the craziness of kids. And, and again, homeschool families are so guilty of being child-focused and parenting-focused and education-focused that they forget to be marriage-focused. And so I think it's important if, if there's any way – a homeschool family could pull this off. Well, we can't do it. Our kids need us. Now, what your kids need is a healthy marriage to, to watch mom is by carving out time. And we, about once a year, once every 18 months, we give the kids to grandma for six days, and we go to Mexico to an all-inclusive, and we check out and stay on the beach all day long and connect that way. That is so has been so vital to our marriage to keep both the, the, the intimacy in our marriage, but especially the sexuality of saying, you know what, we're going to disengage in the world and re- just fall in love with each other again in this way. And that has been 
huge for us. And what makes you really want to do it is when you reach my age and you have a married daughter who has two children and you are watching her do what we have been modeling for 26 years and we just kept the grandbaby so the two of them could go away by themselves for a long weekend. You have to remember that what you're modeling, what you're doing, your children are watching and they are going to carry forth in the next generation the pattern that they're seeing, you know, you and your husband setting. Um, and one more, just every week, if not more than once a week, we need to be grossing our kids out. We need to be affectionate with one yes. another. We need to be <laughs> making out, grabbing each other, whatever that makes our kids go, oh my gosh, that's so gross. Because that actually makes them feel so secure. And I just think that's a huge part of setting the right tone for sex. You know, your daddy and I are going to a hotel again. Yeah, because we love being with each other by ourselves. We love getting away. Um, this is a precious part of our relationship. We love you guys, but we love each other even more. You know, we did the famous uh, Snapchat French kiss. Oh, yes. Yeah, and then in about three seconds from down the hallway, we heard, oh, gross. That's awesome. That's my favorite. Yay. Yeah, it was a big win. Um, yeah, so uh, Kendra, I couldn't agree more with what they just said. You know, we have we found that sometimes we find it when we're in trouble. Hey, we need to connect. We need to find time away. So now we've booked them ahead of time like you guys did. Like mm. we're just getting away, sometimes for a night, sometimes for two. Uh, yeah. We just stumbled into Airbnb. That's the new cheap way to get away uh, and, and get some really kind of fun getaways. So we couldn't agree more. Um, guys, we want to thank you again for being on this show with us um, and having this conversation. Again, not weird. Uh, you are comfortable people to talk to, and we hope that our listeners can find comfortable friends that they can you know talk through these issues with. Um, if our listeners want to find you online, can you remind them one more time how they can find you? You can find us at infoforfamilies.com, I-N-F-O-F-O-R, families.com. That's our blog and our website about our ministry. A lot of great resources on there. And again, we encourage you to go over there to our store, scroll down to all of our uh, talks that are there on audio, and you can download our uh, Sex and Marriage, moving from uh, Not Tonight to We Can't Wait. I think it will be very encouraging for a lot of your listeners. We will uh, put that on as a, a link on our show notes so people can find it very easily. Uh, thank you for being on Homeschooling in Real Life, and we hope to talk to you guys again. Love it. Thanks, man. Thank you. All right, so we made it. We made it through a big, heavy discussion on sex once again, and we came out better for it, don't you think? I do. Yeah, I think our listeners, I hope you appreciated what we had to say. They're a great couple. They're just an easy couple to talk to. Yeah. And we joked about them sitting in their uh, their bed while we were talking to them. <laughs> it was just kind of a funny location. Because they actually were yeah. just sitting there. It was late at night, and yeah. they were just relaxing in bed. It was pretty funny. So we're going to have this conversation in part two, but it might take us a few weeks to get that second episode produced. Um, and in the meantime, uh, if you want to talk more about this, if we just really just kind of unleashed something in you that you want to tell us about or you have a further question, we can, uh, we can talk about it in the second episode. So feel free to send that into us. You can email us info at homeschoolingirl.com. You can Facebook message us. It's facebook.com slash homeschooling IRL, or you can tweet to us at homeschool IRL. Hard to tweet a long message, but you can, you can send us a message. Um, of course, if you want to reach us individually on social media, you can get me at the mango times and you can get Kendra 
at Kendra E. Fletcher. So that's how you can reach out to us. All right, before we go, let's remind our listeners once again, easy support. You can head over to patreon.com slash homeschoolingirl. You can financially support us. We'd love it. Remember, we are able to uh, podcast this week because we got a new router from our supporters over at Patreon. Woohoo! Um, thanks, yeah, guys. Thanks. And then if you want to just write us a review, you can head on over to iTunes and write a review for us. If you just click your smartphone or however you're listening to this device, whatever your tablet or device, you can go into the show notes and you can go right on over to iTunes and leave a, a review for us. Remember, you don't actually have to say anything. You can just leave stars, but we'd love to hear from you at um, iTunes. Now, I have a, a little letter to read from one of our listeners just to give you guys an example of what hurlers are saying. Kendra, this one came in on Facebook, and I know you read it because we were part of it this week, but this is Lori, and this is what she had to say. Hey, thanks so much for your podcast, and she was talking about how she you know, just loves listening to us. Several years ago, while wrestling with a small group assignment in what I'll call an overbearing church, I began assembling a list of people I'd want in my imaginary small group. <laughs> All right, so she's creating this imaginary small group. Here's who she's choosing. Brennan Manning. Yes. Yeah, I love Brennan Manning. Yeah. I'd love to have him in my small group. Um, we'd passed. have to be he's, in heaven he's passed away yeah <laughs> but yes donald miller oh yep yeah blue like mm-hmm. jazz we'd and, have to pick and his brain yep. he's they were the first two invites along with check this out brant hansen and producer sherry yes <laughs> so is this yeah. a cool group <laughs> this is a great group this. today i'd happily welcome you to my imaginary small group Aww. where i would hand fletch a mug of caroline's coffee which in reality i just ordered my first pound of Hey, so, awesome. Yeah, so that was fun. And then she goes on All to talk. ice cream. Yeah, she goes on to talk about this <laughs> kind of crazy church environment they were into and, mm. and how it just kind of left her shattered. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's what she ends up saying. Your podcast is helping me rediscover what difference the gospel really does make when I feel like throwing in the towel because so much of evangelical life seems like a barrier to following Jesus. Wow. It's a mouthful. Ah, thanks so much for what you bring to the beautiful, frustrating, awkward, messy church. Lori, Lori, Lori. That was an (laughs) awesome message. And I told her I was going to talk about it on the podcast, but this was like back in January. And then it just got buried in messages. And I just found it again this week because she wrote back on another topic uh, that we're going to talk about. So I love that. You want to be in that group? I do. I want to be in that group. I totally want to be Are you going to add anybody to that group? Yes. I have some in real life friends that need to be in that group. Oh, so you but you don't want to talk about them? On the I'm going to throw Elise Fitzpatrick and Jessica Thompson in there. And uh, well, that we'd be laughing. I can tell you that because <laughs> when they came up to town to talk at our church, it was yeah. the whole way back to the airport in the car was comedy. Oh, we need like, Kim Crandall in there. Kim, Cr- oh yeah, pff, wow. And we also need Gary Thomas for sure. Wow. I know. I'm sorry. Yeah. Lori Good didn't. Stuff. Lori Wait, did not say you can bring people. Jim and Heather Applegate. That's who I would bring. <laughs> I would bring our pastor, Jim. He's the hope shifter. Yeah, Jim is the the king of hope shifting. Um, (laughs) He doesn't. Well, yeah, he he would tell you he's (laughs) the king of hope shifting. He would say that. But he's also, you know, literally the guy that wrote the book. So, yeah. All right, we got to move on. Uh, This has been a nice long show. But I got to tell you right now, I'm so bummed our 70s summer is coming to a close. But not before we watch E.T. the Extraterrestrial. Oh, so that tonight? is what I need to leave to tonight. Yes, right. So I'm saying goodbye to our listeners as I go cue that up for the Fletcher kids and we phone home. We will talk to you next week. You've been listening to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. 
Everything on this podcast was written and produced by Andy and Kendra Fletcher. For more information, or if you'd like to contact your hosts, please visit them on homeschoolingirl.com.